book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Read through verse 18. It says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. I want you to think about those first couple of verses there where it says all things were made by Him. The, thing, the visible, the invisible. The things that you can see, it's all made by Him. This building that we're in, obviously you know, man put it together and man did a lot of things, but every single one of the materials that are in here to put this building together were made by God. Everything that you see, it was made by God. The things that you can't see were made by God. We can't see the air that we breathe. But that was it's there. It was made by God. Not only the physical things, but even the spiritual things. It said, wow, heaven was made by God. The angels were made by God. All these things, it was all made by Him. It all consists of Him. And He said in all things, that in all things He might have the preeminence. In other words, God is first in everything. He is the main thing. He's what it's all about. Have you ever known somebody who maybe felt you seemed like they felt that the whole world revolved around them? I mean, not only did they not believe that the you know, not only did they think that the sun was you know rotating around the earth, I mean they thought that the sun was rotating around them or the earth was rotating around them. I mean everything was all about them. The truth is, everything is all about God. Because everything that's here, it is all about Him. He made every bit of it. And that includes you. God made you. Every bit of you said you didn't you didn't make yourself. God made you. That everything all your your abilities, your talents, your personality, these are things that God gave you. Everything belongs to Him. And what I'm going to be talking about tonight is Christian embezzlers. Christian embezzlers. Embezzle means the act of fraudulently... I can't even say that word. Fraudulently applying to one's own use the money or goods entrusted to one's care and management. Uh, We saw quite a bit of that in some of the Wall Street scandals and things we heard about a few years ago. The one name that's famous, Bernie Madoff, where that guy took billions of dollars that was entrusted to him. People, they invested their money in him and his company, and he went and completely misused it. People found out that after you know uh, putting their money away in these accounts for all these years, planning their retirements, that their money was taken and it was misused and it was gone. It was no longer there. They didn't have anything. And of course, those people were very upset. I mean, there were pe- there's people that uh, when somebody has misused their money like that and lost it, they've gone as far as going and committing suicide because they were so upset. Can you imagine for you know working 30, 40 years, maybe a job that you didn't particularly care for, but you did it because you wanted to pay your bills, you wanted to provide a good living for your family, and maybe you did without a lot of things so you could save for that day when 
you got older and you weren't going to be able to work like you were able to before. And then to find out that somebody took what was yours and completely wasted it. I think you'd be mad, wouldn't you? I know I'd be mad. And rightfully so, you would be mad. And if you're a good manager of somebody else's money, you're going to take that money and you're going to profit from it. But if you are failing and losing other people's money, you ought to suffer for doing a lousy job. We ought to be able to take You know, my bank, uh, I would be a little concerned. I, I had There was one bank I had. I had a savings account when I was younger. I was a teenager. And if you didn't, in this savings account that I had, if you didn't have over a certain amount of money, then they would, you know, give you these different charges and things. And I remember, um, if you didn't put so much money in or have any transactions for whatever the length of time was, they would do charges. And me, you know, I was a typical teenager. I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I had saved a little bit. And I remember I put it in there, and I didn't do anything for a long time. And I remember I got my statement. And it had gone down. Thinking that's not supposed to happen in a bank. And I asked them, they told me about all these charges and things. You know what I did? I went to a different bank that didn't have all those stupid charges in there. One that, where I got interest. Yeah, it was only a few cents, but it was more. At least it wasn't less. And I tell you, people today are taking some things that God has given us and we're completely wasting them. We're misusing them. God And God hasn't given these things to us just to do with what we want. He's wanting them to use them for His glory. I mean, you would be you would be livid if you went to the bank and maybe you put to you know you start open a savings account. And you put two thousand dollars in there and you'd worked hard and you'd save for a long time and you were going to take that money. Maybe you were going to use it on a vacation. I mean, you would be furious if you went to the bank and said, "I want to withdraw that money. My family and I are going on vacation." And then that banker looks at you and said, "Sorry, you can't. I already spent it on my vacation." You'd be upset. I, I say all the time whenever I go, I'm working with different businesses and things. When I was looking for cars and stuff, you know, I always tell the people, "It's like, listen, I don't mind if you make some money off me. I understand that that is why you're here. I'm not like the occupying Wall Street Wall Street people. I don't mind people making money off me. That's why businesses are there." I said, "But I don't want to pay for your vacation and your Christmas and your new car all in one all in one sale. I, you know, I want it to be I want it to be reasonable and." But the truth is, embezzlers usually end up getting caught. And when you embezzle with what belongs to God, you're going to get caught. You're going to get busted. Sooner or later, you're going to get nailed. Everything that we have belongs to God. He puts these things in our care. And He allows us to use them for His glory. And when we take these things and we do something else with them, we are no different than an embezzler. Listen, it's overrated just to say things are ours. I used to tell the teenagers in my youth group, it's completely. It's, I tell them it's totally overrated owning a car. So if you, you know, all the teens, oh, I want to have my own car. I have to drive my parents' car. Well, you know what? If your parents have a car that they let you use, be fine with that because cars are expensive. So you, you don't want to go spending all your money on a car. So I understand if your parents don't have one for you to use and you never are able to drive anywhere, I can see you wanting one. But listen, if somebody gives you something and allows you to use it for your purpose, that is a blessing. That is a privilege. Listen, I'm, I'm glad I have some vehicles that I own. But you know what? I would have no problem with somebody say, if somebody said, you know what? I've got this really nice car that it's going to be mine. I'm going to keep the title. 
I'm going to keep paying the bills on it and things, but you can use it whenever you want. That's not really a bad thing, is it? That would be a good thing. Now, of course, they could take it, but I'd be okay with that because I'm using their car. And that's what we're doing with everything that we have. Everything you have in your home, everything you have in your bank, everything you have in you as far as your abilities and things, they're all, they were all put in trust by God to you. And we've got to make sure we use them to His glory. Otherwise, we are no different than an embezzler. And just some things I think I want us to go over that I believe that we as Christians, if we're not careful, we can get caught embezzling. And one of those, of course, is our possessions. Our possessions. Your possessions, they belong to God. That house you have, that's God's house. Okay, you might own it, you might have the title on it. That's fine. But understand that it was God. I worked hard for that, you know, and I did this and I paid the you know God is the one that gave you the ability to work hard. There's some people out there that can't work hard. They don't physically have the capability. God has given you that ability. And we need to realize that, hey, I need to use this to His glory. It's His. It belongs to Him. Um, you know, your cars that you have, they're His. We ought to use them to His glory. And you know, and it's not like God's going to go and stop by and borrow your car for six months and you're not going to see again. He lets us use it. But when we have that mentality that it's His, it will affect really how we use it. See, those that van I have out there in the in the parking lot, that's God's van. He's allowed me to use it because I have that understanding that that belongs to God. That that is a blessing. From God to me, I'm going to have the attitude that you know what? I better take care of it. I better make it last as long as I can. I better not misuse and abuse that. Because if I do, what's to say God's not going to give me another one? Because you say, oh, you could just go buy another one. Well, not if I don't have a job. God could take that away just like that. There's, I mean, not if I don't have any money, any money that I do have, it can go quick. One repair, one accident. I mean, what? I mean, there, there's a million ways our money could be gone just like that. And when I, if I, if you have that attitude, when I have the attitude of that belongs to God, I'm going to make sure I use that in a way that's going to glorify Him. I'm not going to run into the ground. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do the things that He would want me to do. And when people have borrowed my vehicles, I would say things, you know, sometimes I'll say things like, don't do anything in it that I wouldn't do. Or I'll say, don't go anywhere that I wouldn't go. You know, if somebody borrows my car, I don't want them going and parking it at the nightclub somewhere or someplace that you know, people will see it and think, hey, you know, what's Pastor doing there? I'll say, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. And the truth is, because that's God's car, I need to make sure I don't go anywhere that God wouldn't want to go. I'm not going to take it. There's certain places I'm not going to take it because that's His. I represent God and I don't want to do it in a bad way. My money belongs to God. And the truth is, I need to realize, okay, this is His money. I need to do the things that God said to do with it. You would all be thrilled to death. We would we would love it if a millionaire... Here in town, I mean, I don't know who the richest guy is in Rock Falls, but if the richest guy in Rock Falls came along and said, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna go. I've got to go away. I'm going out of the country for, I don't know, for uh, an unknown period of time, an indefinite period of time. While I'm gone, 
I need somebody to take care of my business here at home. I need you to stay at my house, keep an eye on the house. You can use my cars while you're there. And you know what? I'm even going to give you access to my bank account. But here's the thing. I, don't, I, I need you to make sure you pay all my bills that come in. I need to make sure that you... Uh, and, you know, and, he, and he'll even maybe give you a spending allowance or whatever. Listen, when we, would, you, we would love it if somebody did that. That'd be great. And it would be wrong for us to go and take advantage of that and destroy his house, destroy all his stuff, and spend more than he's told us to spend. And one thing that we see Christian people doing is they do that with their money. And all that you have, it belongs to God. And God has told us that we need to give things like our tithe to Him. To give that tenth. And people's like, I'm not doing that. What am I gonna, I, need, I need the money for all these other things. God has no right to ask me that. Well, that's just as foolish as you saying that that hey that guy, he's not giving me enough. How am I going to pay all of his other bills? Well, if you were not going over on the other things, you wouldn't have had a problem there. And but people they don't have that mentality that belongs to God. If you realize that it belongs to God and that He gave it to you, giving and tithes and offerings and things, that's not going to be an issue at all. You're going to have no problem with that. If the richest guy in town said, I want you to pay your bills and you can use money for all these other things, I'm going to take care of you. I'll take care of the needs that you have while you're there. But I, you know, and he all of a sudden a bill comes in the mail for $10,000. Hey, you're not going to have a problem paying that. Because you understand, it's his money. If he tells you, you're going to do what he tells you to do. And we ought to do the same thing with God. And the truth, there's many people out today, there today who many times they seem like they have all the money and like they have everything. But you know, it could be maybe these people are wise stewards of what God has given them. You know, if you talk to a lot of, you know, I'm not saying if you're spiritual, you're going to be rich. There's a, uh, our spirituality was measured on our wealth. Uh, I would be a not very spiritual person, <laughs> but uh, it's not. But yet, there are people out there who are doing very well financially and don't even—they don't even realize it. But if you talk to them about how they handle their money and how they're stewards with their money, it's biblical. You find that they're doing things right along with what the Bible says to do, and maybe it's they've been wise stewards of the money that God has given them. But we need—we need to understand. That it all belongs to God. I remember when I went, uh, when I lived in LaSalle, I had an account at the Citizens Bank. And that bank, they had a million fees and things. I, I didn't like that bank very much. And plus, my dad had an account there too. And because we had the same name, it was every once in a while, I would go and deposit a check and they would put it in my dad's account instead of mine. And never once did they put one of his checks in my account. It was always the other way around. And I got tired of dealing with all the mix-ups and things. And so finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to a different bank. So this is a pain in the neck. I'm just going to go to a different bank. And I remember, you know, and they were always, that bank, most are like this, they were always so friendly to me there. I mean, the people were, the, the people were nice, the ladies, they all, they all knew, me by, knew me by name, you know, treated me great. And I didn't have that much money in there. I don't know why. I guess it was just company policy but they, you know they treated me great and I remember I went in there and I told them I, I told the lady she's like hey how are you doing I was like I'm doing great and I was like, she's like how can I help you and I said 
I'm here to close out my account. Oh. She got this look on her face and she's like, okay, uh, you need to go wait over there. And I go and I sit at this desk where I'm going to talk to somebody and I sit down in the chair and have you ever seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life when George Bailey goes in to talk to Mr. Potter and he sits in that chair and he's sitting down real low and Potter's kind of looking down on him. And it was kind of on purpose because you know Potter wanted to you know, people to feel low, like he was above everybody. And I noticed I was sitting really low in this chair. And I started looking I, I, I started looking at my I look at the legs on the chair, and I looked at the legs on all the other chairs, and the legs on mine had been cut. They they were kind of straight like those ones there. All the other ones had this curved thing that came out. They cut those off on my chair. They made it look lower on purpose. I'm kind of sitting in that chair, and I wait, and this lady who was a lot grumpier than the one that signed me up with the account when I first she came out, and I just felt like I was that big. And I just I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, y'all are making me feel like scum here. And I'm thinking, this is my money. I can do whatever I want to do with it. You know, you better not you knock off this attitude, you know, and it kind of it kind of upset me a little bit. But we do the same thing with God. When God asks us to give something back that He gave to us and that He put in trust to us, that we act like God's doing some bad thing when He asks us. And another thing that we do is when we do misuse it and God maybe takes it away from us, we act the same way they did at that bank. Like we had a right to this. So we need to make sure that we use our possessions in the right way. They belong to God. And the one who's accomplishing something for the good with those possessions, God's going to give them more. If I've got one person and I give them $100 and they go make $200 with it, and i got another one who I give $100 and they go make $1 with it, I'm going to give... If I have extra money to give for somebody to use, I'm going to give the guy that's made another 100 I'm going to give it to the one that's accomplishing something with it. And you say, well, God hasn't given me much. Well, go ahead and take it. If there was a guy I gave $100 to and he only made $10 with it, and another person I gave $10 to and they made $10 with it, I'm giving my money to the person who had the ten and made ten with it. That's what I, that's what that's what I would do, and that's what God does. And we see that principle throughout the Bible. We're not going to go into all those parables, but we do see that. But another thing that we embezzle is our talent. That that talent, that ability you have, whatever it is, that was given to you by God. There are there are special gifts that God gives people. There are some people that are wonderful singers. That God gave them that ability. There's other people that can't sing. God didn't give them that ability. He gave them the ability to make a joyful noise, but not a pleasant noise. I think we all can make a joyful noise. Some people don't have that ability. Some people can play an instrument. Other people they cannot they cannot play an instrument. Some people can get up and speak in front of others. Some people cannot. God gives people abilities. Everybody's got everybody's got something. Say, so, well, mine's not much. We know what put it to use, and God will God will use it, and God will make it grow, and you can do great things with that ability. And there are people out there that seem like they have all the talent, but maybe it's because they put that talent to good use. They they put it to use. People who use their gifts are the ones that are going to grow and have more. If you have an ability to sing, you ought to put it to use. 
Sing in church. Sing in the nursing home. Sing. You know, I mean, look for opportunities to use that, or to play an instrument, or not even just, um, you know, not not even just church things. You know, Brother Menez, he's got abilities with mechanical things, and he's been a blessing to me with with those talents. I don't have those talents. I can't stand working on vehicles. I don't have the patience for it. I don't know what I'm doing. I get frustrated. I get mad. I smash my fingers. I you know make things worse than they were. I don't have that ability. But when you have that and you use it, it's going to grow. And it's going to expand. And it's going to get better. And Brother Menez, the more you use that ability, the better you're going to get at those things. The more money it's going to save you when you have uh, stuff that you need to work on. And maybe even the more money that you can make in that kind of thing, it can grow. And there's some people who, you know, maybe they had a gift in those areas and never really intended to. It just happened. But all of a sudden, before they knew it, they had their own business doing that kind of work. You know what? They just put it to use. And they kept using it. And God kept multiplying it. And then now, they, now they've got this business and they're, they're making all this money doing these things because they used that ability the but our, our physical abilities we ought to put them to use we ought to be willing to sweat say that people today uh, something's hard I quit I give up hey listen sweat's not it's not a bad thing it's okay to maybe sometimes get dirty on a project and to get sweaty and it's not, it's not bad if after you've done that for a while the next day if you're sore and you're hurting a little bit that's alright God may ask you to do some of those things someday there's people out there that need help in different areas maybe they uh, some elderly person they don't have the ability to clean their house or to do the yard work that they need to do and we ought to be willing to do those things we ought to be willing to you know smash our fingers for our neighbor and uh, get a little sweaty and to get dirty and maybe even get cut up and bruised up a little bit. It's okay. This body that we have, it belongs to God. And if it gets sore and if it get if it if it hurts after doing those things, listen, God, it's okay. God gave us this body. He's given us a job to do, and God is not going to make us do something that's going to kill us and that's going to destroy us. He'll give us the ability to get through those things. And do those things, and uh, so many people today, I believe, are embezzling their abilities. They they could be doing things for God, but they've chose not to. They've chose to take those abilities or maybe those talents and use them all for themselves. I mean, you think about uh, I think about Whitney Houston. You know, how Whitney Houston got started. She sang in the church choir. Have you ever seen that video before? She's she's singing it. I've seen it before they were stars. She's singing in a church choir. She had an ability. She had a talent that she, when she was younger, she used for God. But later, found out, hey, you know, I'm really good. I could use this for myself. I could make a lot of money, and she did make a lot of money. I could be really successful and well known. She was very successful. She was very well known. And she took that talent and that ability and she used it all for herself, but it didn't bring her what she was looking for. And we see that at the end of her life, she ended up having that drug problem. She had that the drug problem for several years, I believe. And it finally ended up taking her life and ended up killing her. I'll tell you right now, she'd have been a whole lot better off just being content singing in that choir 
given that talent, that ability for God. I'm not saying people can't use their talents and their gifts in other areas, but we need to understand that God has the preeminence. God gave me that ability, and I ought to use that ability for Him first. And if He gives me an opportunity to make some money with it or whatever, that's fine. But ultimately, it ought to be Him first. I've seen that happen many times with people who were good singers or they had they had real talent. I mean, they, they were good. And you see them many times end up going the secular route and getting involved in all kinds of junk. And people who sang good, godly, conservative music that were, I mean, talented. And they found out I could make a whole lot more money singing some of this other stuff, singing some of this contemporary stuff. And they go that other way. You know what they're doing? They're taking that talent that God gave them to use for Him and they're squandering it all on themselves. And sadly, it never brings them what they're looking for. And so many times it ends up destroying their life. And the truth is, they took what God gave them and they they threw it away. They embezzled it on themselves. Everybody's mad at the person in Dixon right now for the clerk or one of the people over there, they went and embezzled all that money on their racehorses. Took the city's money, people's tax money, and embezzled it on their race, on their horses. I just I can't I mean I don't know how somebody have the gall to do that. For years I guess they were doing that. it was a lot of money. Embezzled on themselves. And I wonder how many of the you know, some of these famous people out there, some of these Hollywood people, or some of these singers that are out there are right now embezzling God's talent that He God gave them. I wonder. It all belongs to them. God has the preeminence. He comes first. Then the next thing we embezzle is our time. Our time that we have, it's a gift from God. I tell I tell kids this all the time. You go out to a Cemetery. You start looking at them gravestones. You don't have to. You won't have to look real long before you'll find somebody that's buried in that cemetery that's younger than you are. All the the time that we have, it's a gift from God. Our life could end just like that. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, and every day that we have, it's a gift from God. And one of the ways that we embezzle our time, I believe, we need to be given to the Lord at least one day a week. Revelation 1.10, John talked about how he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I believe that Sunday is the Lord's Day. I believe that day belongs to God. Now, we're not under the Sabbath like the Jews were. You know, If, our, if your ox falls in a pit, you got to go and get him out. There's things that are going to come up. But I believe that God ought to have the preeminence. Unless something happens that takes us out and that keeps us from that, that that day, that day is God. That he has, He's the priority that day that we do uh, it belongs to him David said I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord yet many people today they act like they're doing God a favor when they come to church I mean just for an hour maybe and they're thinking man I'm really I'm really doing something for God and listen I commend anybody that comes to church I appreciate that I don't take that lightly especially in this day and age when that's becoming more and more rare I, I appreciate it I might be imp- I, you know, I'm impressed by church faithfulness but God I think God expects nothing less from His people and God's I, be- I believe I ought to give Him that and 
say, well, you know, what about us? I believe that I believe that one day a week, you know, is Sunday. That's my that's my day. That's my me day. And the truth is, God did give us one day, but that day is not Sunday. Remember, God gave the Sabbath day. Now, so we're not under we're not under the law where we have to rest on you know every Saturday. We can't do anything. Uh, we, you know, Jesus showed that to us. However, Mark two twenty seven. I think this is a good verse for people to remember. It says, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. You know, the Pharisees. I mean, they were big on don't do anything on Saturday. Don't even take up your bed and walk. Don't even do a good work on Saturday. Don't do anything but rest. I mean, they were adamant about that. I mean, they would want they would want to stone people if they did anything on the Sabbath. And Jesus tried to tell them that this man was not made for the Sabbath. God didn't make the Sabbath day law just so He could tell man what to do on the Sabbath. God made the Sabbath for man. You know why? Because all of us, we need a day off. We do. We need. We do need time to rest. We live in. A, we talked about it Wednesday. We live in a very stressed out society, a very stressed out culture. Always go, 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 and we wonder why we're having all the problems we're having. I believe that we need that. We need that day of rest. We need that Sabbath. However, I don't believe that day is Sunday. And by the way, our culture for a long time they had that figured out. That's why we've always kind of had a five day work week culture. The Jewish people before. Christianity came along, they worked six days a week. And they had that one day, the Sabbath. In Christianity, for years, we always had that five-day work week because man needed a day to rest and Sunday was the Lord's day. And now, you know, most people, they work six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Not only is that not good for you spiritually, it's not good for you physically. And I do believe God wants us to take some time and he wants us to rest. It is not. It's not a bad thing. Uh, some people they've got seven Sabbath days a week. That's not right. You know, God says six days shalt thou do all that work. You know, you're supposed to work too. And some people just they just do the resting. But our time it belongs to God, not to us. And we ought we need to use it for His glory. We need to be good stewards of it. As parents, we need to realize that hey, our time is limited with our children. Better be good stewards of that. You better do things for you know. Spend that time with them now while they're young. You better take do that training now while they're young. Someday, I mean, all you're going to have really is that influence that you had before. I mean, you'll still have some influence, but the authority's not going to be there anymore. They're going to be free to go and do whatever they want, and hopefully they'll honor you. Hopefully they'll continue on with the things you taught them, but you won't be able to force them. Right now is the time to do something about that. And we need to make sure we're good stewards of that time that God has given us. Then, fourth thing we see is our bodies. Our bodies, they belong to God. Our body is the temple of God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I just... You know, I, maybe I'm just not spiritual. Sometimes I hear things, and people say things, and something inside me that sin nature wants to smack them. And the one that I can't stand to hear is when people say, "Well, it's my body." I mean, you see the way people mangle their bodies, the, all the piercings that they do. 
all the marking up of the tattoos and things that they do, well, it's my body. They'll tell their parents that. Well, it's my body. No. It's God's body. And you know what? God's only given you one. I've got one body. This is this is I'm stuck with this one. I tell you, I wish, you know, I wish there, it was a little better. A few things. I wish I was a little taller. I wish I had more hair. You know, I wish my eyes were better. I, you know, I wish I was a little better looking. And all those things. I, I wish. You know, that'd be, it'd be nice if I had those things. However, uh, this is the one I'm stuck with until I go to heaven and the Lord gives me a new body. I'm stuck. I'm stuck with this one. It's the only one I got. And God wants me to use it for His glory. And how? And God has called me to be in the ministry. He's called me to be a pastor. How can I be a pastor, and which is what God wants me to do, if I'm all strung out and burnt out on drugs? Well, it's my body. I just want to say, I mean, when you hear these druggies say that, I just want to say, well, I'm glad it's your body and not mine because I wouldn't want to be in that wreck right now. And the truth is, God didn't give them that wreck. God gave them a perfectly fine, healthy body. And they went and they embezzled it on a high. On some, just some fun, on some parties. And they destroyed their bodies and they destroyed their minds to, to the point where they may never be able to do anything for God. Where they may be useless. It would be if I said, hey, you can borrow my car. And then you go and you bring my car back. You know, like I brought your car back, and I go out there, and it's all wrecked and mangled. I mean, you roll it, you smash it up into a million pieces. I'm like, hey, I brought it back, but what am I going to do with it now? It's destroyed. It's messed up. It's mangled. And people do that with their bodies. They go and they get involved in all the alcohol and the drugs and all the sin that is out there, and they destroy their bodies. And then they come back to God. And listen, God will forgive you. God will have mercy on you. And but. Boy, what a terrible thing to do. The one body that we're going to have to misuse it like that. So that's right, kids, you got to don't do not give in to the peer pressure for the drugs and the alcohol. Don't mess with that stuff. Don't even try it. Don't experiment with it. Don't say it's my body. No, it's God's body. God's given he's only given you one and he wants you to use it for his glory and every time you do those things you take away some of your potential and you take away some opportunities, things that maybe you could have done that now you have the ability to do them, but you do that stuff and you're not going to be able to do it anymore. And we see that and it's young kids destroying their futures because they have no respect for themselves. They have no respect for their own bodies. They they destroy them. And I mean what a shame. It's not yours. It belongs to God. And you have no business doing that. I, I remember we uh, years ago we were looking for a house and we went and we stopped by this one house and the realtor warned me, she said, Listen, these folks, they're not very happy that they're gonna have to move out. These people were renting the house. And the owner was wanting to sell it and he had told them they needed to leave and he did everything right and you know, gave them plenty of notice. But they didn't want to leave. And they weren't very happy about it. And she's like, they haven't been cleaning up. They're not taking care of the place. And I remember we went walking in that house and they're all there just sitting on the couch and you know, just acting like we weren't even there, trying to make it awkward on purpose. And the house was trashed. It was I mean, it was just a mess. 
And I remember we went upstairs and their dog had gone to the bathroom all over the floor. It was a mess. They had, there was a big, huge hole in the wall. Like they took a bowling ball and threw it through the wall. I mean, they just destroyed the place. And it just it made me mad. I just want to go down and tell those people. It's like, hey, bums, this isn't your house. You have no right to do this. This is not yours. But they acted like it was. And that the house that we're looking at right now, same thing happened. People weren't paying their bills. They had they had to move out and they left the place trashed. Garbage everywhere, all over the yard. I mean, it's a, it's a shame. And that's what people are doing with their bodies. That body you have, it's it's a gift from God. Listen, there's there's kids. I mean, you go to some of these children's hospitals and you see these kids that were born with some of the diseases they have. I mean, you see little kids, maybe they're battling leukemia. The kid, They didn't do anything to get that disease. I mean, they might not even live to be a teenager. You see some of them that have... Uh, maybe they're crippled and they can't, they can't walk, they can't run. They're never going to be able to do the things physically that you and I are able to do. They don't, they don't have that. They didn't do anything for that to happen. It, it just happened. We live in a sin-cursed world and, uh, and there are defects and things that can, that can come and that happen. And you see that, and it's sad, and it breaks my heart. I, I, and I feel for those kids. I, I, and but yet, there's a lot of folks out, a lot of teenagers out there, and there's a lot of young adults that can't do anything. And it's not because God didn't give them a healthy body to start with. It's because they went and they took the one that they had and they destroyed it. Maybe they were drinking and driving, and they got in a wreck. Maybe they tried some drugs and they overdid it and they messed themselves they messed their system up they'll never be the same again destroyed the body that God had allowed you to use the only one don't do that it belongs to God if people would have that attitude if people had that attitude their bodies belong to God these tattoo parlors in town would go out of business the alcohol stores would go out of business the cigarette companies would have to close down because People would not want to do that. They wouldn't want to mess with that stuff. They wouldn't mess with that stuff because they realize this belongs to God. But then lastly, the thing that I believe we embezzle is our family. Psalms 127 verse 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. I believe the only greater gift that God has given me other than my salvation is my family. God has given me a wonderful wife, five wonderful kids, and God gave them to me. It's God. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. If I just am trying to do my own thing of my own power, it's all in vain. It's all for nothing. God has given me a wonderful family, and I need to train them the way God wants me to train them. I need to follow. I need to train up my child in the way he should go, as the Bible says to do. I need. To, I need to keep my family in the house of God. I need to teach my I need to teach my family the word of God. It's my responsibility to teach them the word of God and to, and to help them practice it and to give them uh, good examples. And when we do not raise our families according to the principles of the Bible, we're embezzling our families. When we refuse to take our families where God has told us to take them, it's the same as if a banker took your money and went into hiding. And you know what? Listen, God's going to find you. He knows where at. I'm telling you, I'd, I'd be scared to be anywhere else but in the house of God right now with my children. 
this is where this is God's will for us. This is where we should be right now. Remember, these things that we have, the things that God has asked us to give Him, they are already His to begin with. And if we won't give them back, we're stealing from Him. And someday, God's going to show up at the bank of Tommy McMurtry and He's going to say, it's time to make a withdrawal. He's going to say, I want to check the records and see what I originally deposited and see how much there is now. He's going to check and see how much I gained with the money He invested in me. Hopefully, there's going to be more there. He'll take the extra money and say, it's all yours. Then I'm going to say, no, Lord, it's all here because of Your goodness and I'm going to give it back. And then finally, He's going to say, it doesn't matter anyway. Your work is done and now everything that's mine is yours. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And that's exactly what's going to happen on Judgment Day. We're going to stand before God someday and our works they are going to be tried in the fire. And all the, all the good that we've done for God, those are going to be jewels, they're going to be precious stones. All the other stuff that we've done for nothing, that stuff is all going to be burned. Wood, hay, and soil is all going to be burned up. And we're going to have something left over. The Bible says we're going to, and God's going to give us crowns. And we're going to take those crowns and we're going to cast them at His feet. We're going to, we're going to give them back. But at the same time, we see in the Bible we're joint heirs of Jesus Christ. That in eternity, it's all ours anyway. What's important right now, what affects eternity, is what we do with what God has given us now. And God has given every one of you all these things, all the possessions, all your talent, your body, your family, your time. It's a gift from God. Let's not misuse it. Let's not embezzle it. Let's use it for His glory. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.